Once again, great to have you with us here. I know we have some people visiting. Hope you've had a good Canada Day weekend. And in our church, we've been going through the last few months uh, the New Testament book of Acts. And we're going to continue today. And we're going to pick it up from Acts uh, chapter 8. And if you were with us last week, uh, Gary was speaking. And Gary kind of jumped ahead. We read the first few verses of, a- of Acts 8. And then Gary jumped ahead uh, to talk about, or about Philip and his life. And so, all right. We're going to go back and we're going to fill in the blanks a little bit. And so this morning we're going to read verses 1 to 17. And just to give, again, to give context uh, to it. So we've had, in the book of Acts, very briefly, it's the story of Jesus returning to heaven after his resurrection, how he sent the Holy Spirit, how we've got really, in a sense, the first church, the first Christians who were followers of Jesus, and we get to see uh, the early days of, in a sense, church history. And we've been reading in chapter 7 about a guy named Stephen who was able to share uh, with his uh, generation about Jesus and how you know, Jesus was quite a controversial uh, person and how they felt he was, they were Stephen and Jesus blaspheming God. And so they put Stephen to death and a guy named Saul was there. And that's where we pick up the story. So Stephen's the very first Christian martyr. And this is where we pick up the story. So we're going to read it. From Acts chapter 8, you can follow along. And Saul approved of his execution. So that's where we finish with Stephen. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. So that's just a powerful thing. We could spend a whole message just on that. Just about how we can mourn. Uh, those who die, even when they're Christian, we know they're going to be with Jesus. Uh, they really missed Stephen. And, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So Saul was very anti-Christian. And now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip, who we read earlier in chapter 7, went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. So we're going to pick up the story of Philip again. And the crowds with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. And they all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on, the, on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So some of this we're going to pick up next week, um, July 10th. But today we're going to look at a few things, just from Philip's life. And Gary touched on a few of these things last week about going out of your comfort zone as Philip went and spoke to the Ethiopian, who was from a whole different culture, a whole different race, everything crossing barriers, everything. And today we're going to continue to take a look a bit as Philip and his life. And we see that 
there was a whole personal aspect to it. So we're going to look at Philip in a sort of a public setting, but first of all, a personal setting. And we'll just do a quick review. As I've already mentioned, Stephen was executed. The Christians were scattered, everyone except for the apostles. So the main leader stayed in Jerusalem. And they went out to Judea and Samaria. And the prophecy that Jesus gave in Acts 1.8 is now fulfilled. So if you remember Jesus, when he returned and he appeared to the disciples, they were absolutely amazed because they'd seen him crucified, buried in a tomb. God, by his power, raised him from the dead. He appeared to them. They were just absolutely incredulous that this had happened. And then they were about, so Jesus, what are you going to do now? Are you going to bring about the kingdom? They were thinking still military, political, power, all of that. And Jesus was like, that's not what it's about. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which they were, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And again, we don't quite get the context of what it was for the Jewish people to go to Samaria, but it was a big deal. And so if you go back in your uh, Jewish history, and Samaria was sort of a mixed race. They were partly Jewish and partly not. And so what they ended up, both camps hated them. So the Jews said, you're not Jewish, we don't like you. And the Gentiles said, you're not Gentile, we don't like you. So they were really stuck in the middle. And they, the Jews went to Jerusalem. They had their temple. Samaria built their own temple. And if you can remember uh, when Jesus went to Samaria, you remember in John chapter 4, he met the woman at the well, and he was in Samaria, and how he crossed over. And her first question was, where do you worship God? Because is it Jerusalem, or is it where we worship God? And Jesus brought in a whole thing. You know, it's not about places anymore. It's about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So for Philip to go to Samaria was a big deal. Okay, and I don't know quite what maybe our equivalent would be. Okay, so I don't want to step on any toes this morning by giving some examples. You can maybe think of where you'd be uncomfortable in going to live and to share about Jesus. Okay, you can fill those in. Now this is the amazing thing, and this is what's so incredible, and we have to make sure we get this, is that you got to remember Philip, when he started out, was really a nobody, okay? They picked some people like Steve and Philip. Remember, the apostles were getting too busy. They wanted to keep preaching the word, prayer, and they got some guys to help wait on tables and help sort out food for the poor and everything and help the widows. Philip was one of those guys. And up to that point, the apostles, so the early disciples who had been with Jesus, they were the only ones who, in a sense, were out preaching the gospel. Now, guess what? With persecution, they scattered And the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. So now, all these other people who are now followers of Jesus get scattered. They go into Judea and Samaria. And now things change again. Because now it's not just Peter and James and John, the ones who had originally been with Jesus. Okay, A lot of the Christians now had never even seen Jesus. They were going now, and they were sharing their faith. And folks, that's such a great uh, encouragement for us today. Because even in North America, we can get... As Christians, we can get in our head that only the paid pastor does everything. And depending upon your church background, that can take place. If you come from a Catholic background, it's very much priest-centered. The priests do everything. Even if you come from Anglican, Baptist background, you can still, the paid minister does everything. And that's one of the most difficult things that can happen in Christianity is people lose the whole idea that you can have first a personal relationship with God, that yeah, in the larger context, absolutely, but that every one of you gets to share 
your faith everywhere you go. So it's not just up to Billy Graham, Nikki Gumbel, Joe Crummy. You guys get, you know, we're paid. We get to do it. That's what we're good at. And the rest of us will just kind of get on with our lives. No! Okay? Can't say that enough. It's not meant to be that way. We're trying to help equip you for you to go and share. And we're going to see the tension because there are people that, as we're going to see in the next one, that God raises up to be more public in sharing about Jesus. But here's the thing. Every one of us gets to share in everyday life. And this actually isn't a very helpful um, translation because in verse 4, now those who were scattered went about preaching. If you look at most of the words, that should it's more like sharing the word. So we think preaching standing up like this. What he's talking about is actually everywhere they went, they shared Jesus. They shared about Jesus. And folks, that's what we have to get into our mindset. Gary was about that last week. Is that everywhere we go in everyday life, we get to share about Jesus. So you just think about all the examples that we just have in this room. So whatever we have here today, say 120 people. Okay. Where you go in your lives, okay, Billy Graham will never get to. Okay. I'll never get to. You can think of whoever might be famous in Christian world. They're not going to get to where you are. In your home, guess what? You get to share good news. That's one of the biggest things. You know, we have a great responsibility as parents. Okay? We don't expect okay, everything to happen at kids' church. We don't expect everything to happen at Fuel with our youth. Everything. It happens in our home primarily. Those actually just help what we're already doing. You get to share everyday life. And that affects our neighbors and our neighborhood and the school our boys are in. It spills out everywhere. Okay? Uh, I'll be careful what I say on tape here. <laughs> we record it and put it on the internet. So all my examples, I'm like, oh my soul, all these people could be listening. Uh, so I have to be very careful. In everyday life, okay? So here's one for me. And I have to, because my everyday life's a bit weird, because as soon as I say I'm a pastor, it changes everything, okay? So I have to be very, uh, not sneaky, but very um, interesting how I present what I do for a living. Okay, so this summer, guess what I'm doing? I'm playing touch football. It's not a good sport to pick up when you're 38 years old and you've never played football in an organized thing before. But I'm in a league with nine other teams, and I'm with a certain team that's sponsored by a certain beverage company. And uh, so it's quite an interesting thing. I only know one other person on the whole team, so I'm meeting a whole new uh, crew. And they're great guys, if they're listening on here, and I really enjoy it, and I can barely walk after every game. And... But the thing is, I'm in a whole new world, okay, totally out of my comfort zone. And, of course, everyone asks me, eventually, what do I do? And they're pretty rough around the edges. And it's a whole new opportunity just to be who I am. But I'm telling you, it's challenging. Okay, so I have, we're all in different places. That's just a little bit of my world. Okay, but everyday life, wherever you are, at your workplace, at your school, okay, on the bus, whatever it is, your little nook and cranny of the world, that's where you get to share. And as Gary said last time, most of the time it's by our example. Sometimes it's by what we don't say. But eventually, at some point, people ask, and you've got to use your words to be able to explain what you believe and why you believe it. And it's everyday life. Everyday life. And you never know 
when the opportunity is going to come where someone asks you a question that you can just share. Okay, You don't have to be perfect in your answer. You just get to share. The big thing is, every one of us. So if we as pastors think it's all on you and we're not doing our part because we're going to see at the end of this chapter, Peter and John, they share their faith wherever they went as well. Okay, But if you think it's all on us as leaders, we're both missing it. We're all in this together. Okay? So we get to share in everyday life. And there's a whole principle here that, you know what? This is really incredible. As the church went out and as they were scattered, okay, if every one of us is just sharing as we go, you know what? It really is unstoppable. Because we have no idea where we're going to sow seed, where we're going to share it, impact someone's life, that then changes their possible family, it changes their world, all of those things. We do not know. And we share example after example of people here, you know, from different nations who have received Christ as the Lord and Savior, who've been added to the church, and then they go back to Japan, they go back to China. We have no idea, okay, this side of heaven, how that multiplies in people's lives. And it can happen here as well. And a lot of times, maybe it's stuff that's tough starting out, like we had as a church, okay? But when you get going, the more and more people that are impacted by the gospel, the more and more they share, okay? It multiplies. It's so rapid, you can't even keep track of it all, okay? It's great. We're to a place now, even on a Sunday morning with life groups or small groups or anything, you cannot find out everything that's going on and what God's doing. I just hear snippets, okay? So we've got like 10 life groups. You guys are doing stuff. Things are going on. The rest of us don't even hear about, but God sees it. And that's the great thing about every one of us getting to be a part of sharing our faith. Okay? It's personal proclamation. There's a personal aspect to it that we get to share what God's done in our lives. And it's exciting. Okay? It's downright scary sometimes, but it's exciting. Because you just never know what God's going to do in and through us. Okay, So that's one part of it. It's a very personal thing. The other thing is, there is an aspect to it, as we see in verses 5, 6, 7, 8, and onward, that there's a public part to it as well. That we do believe in public preaching of God's Word. So there's this great tension, isn't it? It's actually teamwork. About every one of us getting to do in our everyday lives, sharing our faith. And then there's different parts where people are gifted and called to publicly preach as well. And it says, when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. So there's a whole aspect of, yes, we believe in still publicly meeting and preaching about Jesus. And this is the great thing, is there's content to the preach, and the majority of the content should be about this, should be about the person of Jesus Christ. So we're not just about a history lesson. We're not just about a philosophy. We're not just about changing a few values, everything like that. We believe as Christians that Jesus is alive today and that what we're preaching is coming and being united to a living person. Okay? Not just a set of rules or commands, but actually to the living God. And this is what the Bible's all about. The Bible talks about Jesus, who the Son of God was sent from God. He always eternally existed in heaven, but he was sent, born of a woman. We celebrate it at Christmas time. As you guys know, I love Christmas. So 
So I, where was I the other day? It was June 25th. I said, six months till Christmas. Woohoo! Everyone threw stuff at me. Okay. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, don't we? We celebrate Jesus born here on human earth. Or uh, born as a human here on planet earth. Just making sure you're paying attention. Holy Spirit, Mary, pregnant, miracle. Don't understand it, okay? But it was a miracle. Jesus, born of a woman. So he was born unique, wasn't he? He was fully God, fully human. No one else was ever like that. He grew up as a child. He obeyed his parents. The Bible says he learned obedience. He grew into a man. He had an earthly ministry. God put his Holy Spirit upon him. said, do these things. Jesus did. He taught Okay, he did the things that the Father wanted him to do. The book of Hebrews says he was tempted in every way. We were tempted, yet he never sinned. Now you just stop and think about that one for a minute. Okay. We thank God you can never relate to me. You're so out there. You're so other. You can never relate. Jesus, born of a woman, lived among us. And the Bible says now, we'll get to it. He's able to sympathize with us because he walked in our shoes. He had to learn obedience. He was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. He taught about the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is now here. He explained the Old Testament to the people, saying, everything points to me. The sacrificial system, lambs, goats, all that being sacrificed, points to me. I'm going to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Everything. You want a nation? says, I'm bringing about a kingdom. It's not going to be a nation like you think. It's going to be a spiritual kingdom. It's going to be the rule and reign of God, which we're going to get into in a couple of minutes' time. Okay. And Jesus was obedient. Healed people, taught good news. Okay, He challenged people. And it got him on a cross. And he was executed, just as it was prophesied all throughout the Old Testament. Okay. Buried, dead, people scattered once again his followers in shock but god his father through the power of the holy spirit raised him from the dead and we celebrate that at don't be shy you guys partied a lot this weekend didn't you you're all looking a little bit tired out this morning we celebrate his resurrection at thank you there we go at easter jesus unique resurrect it okay and as we say over and over again either it's completely true or it's completely crazy there's no middle ground it's all or none either it's totally true and we believe it or else it's absolutely ridiculous it's crazy it's one or the other we believe by faith there's evidence there that leads us to take that step of faith to say yeah we believe it god raised him from the dead he conquered the power of sin and death and he defeated the evil one and he appeared to his disciples. As we read in the book of Acts, he ascended back to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit so that his followers wouldn't be left as orphans. Now they're empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and to be witnesses. This is what was proclaimed. This was the preaching part that publicly was proclaimed. This is what Philip would be explaining to the Samaritans. They probably had heard about Jesus. Jesus had been in Samaria. They understood that a Messiah was to come. Do you remember the woman at the well? She said to Jesus, there's going to be a Messiah that comes who's going to make everything right. And Jesus was able to say to her, 
I'm He. I'm in your presence. It's me. And how the woman believed, she ran back, told everyone, man, this guy knows everything. This is the Messiah. They came back. Jesus stayed for a couple days. And it says this, first they believed because of her, then they personally believed that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So when Philip arrived, the ground had already probably been plowed. And he was able to explain the kingdom of God and Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who was sent to save us from our sins. And they believed. Folks, when we preach, whatever you think that might look like, okay, we have to be make sure that we always point people to Jesus Christ, that he is the living one. We're not just pointing to rules. We're not just pointing to a philosophy. We're not just pointing to this will help patch up your life and make things a little bit better. We're coming to Jesus that we're saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, that you are the master. Jesus, you are the savior. You save me from my sin. Those are the things that we have to make sure as we preach publicly, those are included in it. The other thing we have to be as a church, we have to be confident that this is true and relevant and that it's full of power. It's not just a personal thing. Okay? I'm going to believe this for myself, but I won't tell anyone else and I'll just keep it you know, to myself. Okay? If we really believe these things, as Philip and these guys did, I mean, if there was ever a time for these guys to lay low and just like, okay, you know what? Stephen just got killed. We're on the run. Let's just take a time out. Let's just chill. Let's just wait for things to settle down. We'll return back home and we'll pick up the pieces. That was the time. This is the context of it. They were persecuted. They could have been killed. And more than ever, why? Because they wholeheartedly believed it. Okay? They believed it was true. It was relevant for everyone. And we're going to see in a minute. And it had power. Folks, that's a challenge to us today. Do we really believe this gospel is good news? Do we really believe it for ourselves? Do we really believe it's true? In our postmodern world where everything could be true, nothing's true, the big thing to put a stake in the ground and say, we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Is it relevant for people? You know what? Well, you know, I have a few needs and, you know, it's probably good for me, but everyone else seems to have it all together. They don't need Jesus. That's how we can think. So I'll take it for me, but I don't really think it's relevant for anyone else. That's the culture we live in. And we live in a whole thing where, okay, with science, the world we live in, we don't talk about the power of God. It's a philosophy. It's proved to me. And we kind of go into legal mode. And if you can prove it, well, that's good. Okay, But it doesn't really affect my everyday life. That's a challenge for us. We can get lulled into it. And folks, is it stirring as we go through the book of Acts? Jesus is real. He's the truth. This gospel is true. That it's relevant for every single one of us. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And that there's power in Jesus and his kingdom, which we'll pick up here in a minute. And it provoked a response. Philip, and we're going to pick this up next week. We're going to talk about baptism in water. We're going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit more next week. But there's a response. It says they believed the message and they did something about it. There was a response. There was a water baptism that identified them. I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a bit like a marriage ceremony, isn't it? We get married, we say, okay, 
forsaking all others publicly, I'm making a commitment that I'm married to this person, we're united, and okay, we're a new family unit. Things have changed. Baptism's a lot like that. Water. Okay? I might have followed other idols, I might have followed other religions, whatever, but today, okay, those are buried. I'm raised with Christ, now I'm identified with Christ. I'm branded with Jesus Christ. I'm marked, I'm identified with him. And his spirit within me is a seal, a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That's public. And it was great. Green Hill Lake Camp last month, 10 people baptized. Fabulous. Saying, I identify myself with Jesus Christ. Powerful. Okay. Last thing. Okay, there's personal proclamation. There's public preaching. And folks, with good news of the gospel, there's power in it. There's power in the gospel. And we're going to see, we read this. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. Folks, the gospel of Jesus Christ is more than just preaching like we're talking about here. There's a demonstration There's preaching, there's content, it's about Jesus Christ. But folks, there's sharing, there's a demonstration of the Spirit's power as well. And that's why Philip was able to say, it's about the kingdom of God, that Jesus, when he died, he conquered and was resurrected. He conquered sin and death, and he conquered the devil. And folks, in our Christian worldview, we've got to make sure that in our worldview of how we view the world, that from a biblical point of view, we realize there's a real devil there's a real Satan, there's a real evil one who's real, not just, okay, like on cartoons, the little devil with the pitchfork and the funny ears, and everyone kind of laughs because everything. If we have that view, we're missing out. Jesus came to set us free from our personal sin that separates us from God, but he came to defeat a real evil one who Jesus said wants to rob, kill, and destroy and in our Christian worldview, how we explain the world, we've got to understand that there's a real enemy. And when we say this morning, our God is greater, our God is stronger, okay, we're not talking about a military sort of thing or a political sort of thing, or we're saying our God's better than your God. What we're saying is this, our God is stronger than Satan, who wants to rob, kill, and destroy. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, our God is healer, awesome in power. That's the context that we're thinking about. Okay? And I know, again, in North America, in our scientific worldview, okay, we don't make any room for Satan. And in Christianity, we can go one extreme. We can talk so much about Satan that we're afraid and we build him up to be bigger than he is, or we can totally be ignorant. Folks, we have to realize okay, that Satan exists, that he has demons who can live in people, who can possess people, and who mess up the world. And you cannot read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John without seeing almost everywhere Jesus went, he cast out demons, unclean spirits, evil spirits. He did it everywhere. And if I, that was one of the things for me is trying to figure out Christianity. I'm like, man, I don't see that happening today. <laughs> What's the deal? And then I go through the book of Acts, and here we go. Unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And I think, in our day and in our time, where did all these demons go anyways? Okay. But then you start preaching the kingdom of God, 
and you start preaching Jesus, and you start sharing your faith one-on-one, and you start dealing with people in our church. So I'm not just talking outside. And the very first time you get a demon manifest in a person, guess what? It gets your attention. Okay? When you hear an evil shriek, and you're like, holy smoke, what's going on here? Okay? It gets your attention. And all of a sudden, in an ironic sort of way, very quickly you think, God is real. Okay? Almost sometimes you need an encounter with Satan to believe, God, you're real. It wakes you up to the reality that there's a spiritual world we live in. We don't have to be afraid. Okay? So don't, I'm not trying to glamorize anything. I'm just trying to say, okay, demons possess people today. And if you've got a scientific worldview, okay, all your drugs and everything ain't going to cure a spiritual problem. Now, hear me out, because this is, we've got a balanced point of view. Okay? I'm a pastor. I work with doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, people on medication. Okay? We've got a big view of all these things working together. But what I focus on, I focus on what medicine and all that isn't going to focus on. And I'm looking for a spiritual problem. So we're, God's made us with chemicals, all that. So sometimes we need, you know, pills and stuff because we don't have these chemicals working in our brain and all these different things. You hear me? So don't just go off your meds if you're on medicine here this morning, okay? <laughs> this is very tricky, so you've got to bear with me, okay? We work together. And you know what? If you get a good night's sleep and you eat well and you get some exercise, most of the time you're going to feel better. So I'm all for that. However, sometimes when all those things don't work, we've got to investigate and say, what's going on here in a spiritual realm? And sometimes, if you're not a Christian, you've opened yourselves up some, sometimes to a demon having access to your life. Okay? And I know this might rock your world a bit, but it's real. And Jesus came to set us free from sin and death, but also demonic activity as well. And Satan tempts us to say, if you do what I do, what I say, you'll be better off, you'll have more fun, you'll be more satisfied than what God offers. He's did it right from Adam and Eve on. And then he gets you, and then you feel horrible afterwards, and you get a big high and a big low, and he messes you up. And then you're so messed up through all kinds of different ways. Jesus came to set us free from those things. And he sets us free from demonic power over us. And we can have strongholds in our life. Christina prayed out or shared this morning. You know what? Unforgiveness. We don't forgive people and we get bitter and we get angry and all that. We can, I mean, it's horrible on our health anyways, but we can give access because Satan's a legalist. He'll say, oh, you're bitter, are you? Well, then I have access to your life. Okay? And folks, we've led through people of prayer. Okay? They've understood Jesus forgives them. And they receive Christ's forgiveness. They're able to forgive other people. They verbally say, I forgive this person. Okay? Demons manifest because they have to go. Okay? In the name of Jesus, out. And people get gloriously set free. Now folks, most of the time, that doesn't happen here in public. Okay? Most of the time, we respect people. But most of the time, we do it. We've had to deal with it a few times in public, these things happen. Most of the time, it's not. So you don't see it, so you don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, it's going on all the time. Okay? People have sex outside of marriage. The Bible says the two will become one flesh. Okay? There's a spiritual connection there. And the world doesn't know it. it. has sex with all these people outside of marriage all the time. Homosexual stuff, heterosexual. I mean, it, 
It gets complicated. The bottom line is this. You open yourself up to demonic activity in your life that messes you up. And we've got to repent. Say, that was wrong. We've got to renounce. Okay, I had sex with this person. I renounce. I shut the door from that spiritual connection. And a lot of times, you've got to get free of stuff that's you've opened a door to. And it looks different at different times. Sometimes people scream and sometimes it's not. I'm telling you, it's real. Okay? And come and hang out with me for a few weeks. <laughs> As we're teaching other people how to do this, you'll see it. And you'll wake up to the reality this is going on. And we see people gloriously set free. Now we've got to help them so they don't make the same mistake. And you've got to coach people and help them, all that. But folks, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the gospel. It comes in preaching, content, Jesus Christ, but it comes with power. And when you see people set free, a lot of you have been set free yourself. I've got all kinds of examples right here. I'm not going to use you, but we're just not talking about people out here in our own family. Okay? You know what? And sometimes it's sins that are done to us. Okay? If you've been abused, okay? if you've been raped or something like that, you know what? That's horrible, horrible things that happen to people beat up by parents, all kinds of rejection things. You know what? It's not even sometimes the sin that we do. It's the sin that's done to us. Okay? And we've seen people set free. Nightmares, fears, all kinds of things. As we work through, God heals. That was wrong. God loves you. God can cleanse you. You can forgive that person. He wasn't right, but you can forgive them. Okay? And people can be set free. That's the power of God. Folks, it's real today. People are being set free all the time. Hallelujah. Okay, we're in this tension. We don't share a lot about it on Sunday morning. Okay, most people don't get up and say, you know what, I was delivered from demons this week. Hallelujah. Okay, it doesn't quite fit our context. Okay, but it's happened. And it happens a lot. And praise God, it does. That's the power of God. And just another quick little thing. Okay, if you're not a Christian... Again, I'm not trying to freak you out. It's just a wake-up call. Say, we live in a spiritual world. Okay? And if you're battling stuff, we'd be happy to sit with you and try to talk things through and see how Jesus brings in a kingdom that's full of life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's the one who's meant to fill you, not anything else. And if you're a Christian here this morning, you can't be possessed by a demon. Okay? Only the Holy Spirit can possess you. However, you can be demonized. Okay? You can open a door through sin or something from, and we're going to see it next week when we talk about Simon. Okay? We're going to see about was Simon really saved or not because he was pretty messed up. Okay? We can relate to him. Okay? You can't be demon-possessed, but you can be demonized. You can open a door for, Satan, for a demon to come and go, but we can help you get set free from that as well. Okay? Big topic. Most of it today is just awareness that these things happen today, and it's the power of God. There's not just words but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Okay. You guys all woke up on that one. That was really good. It was like everyone was like, whoa, 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 I wasn't expecting this this morning. <sighs> Great senior body language, eh? It's deliverance. Here we go. It's like everyone's like, oh. Okay. Folks, it's not shock value. It's reality. Okay. And folks, I hate seeing people live in strongholds of fear, nightmares, 
uh, all kinds of things that mess them up, not knowing that freedom is available. And they try drugs, and they try prescriptions, and they try all these things, and that all has different things. And they wonder, you know, no wonder people think of suicide and all that. Okay? Jesus came to set us free in every way. Okay? And there's freedom available through Jesus Christ because he lives today. He intercedes for us. And he has all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. And we in Christ have been given authority. And we can walk in that authority. There's deliverance. There's freedom available. Okay? And I believe more and more here on Sunday when we preach the gospel, this is going to happen in our meetings. Okay? Right now, it has. Just some of you don't realize it because we deal with it uh, in a hopefully an orderly way that you don't even know what's happening, but it happens. And more and more, you as Christian here this morning, you've got to be ready and to be trained and be willing to walk more in that. And then there's healing as well. In every way, physical, emotional, mental. Okay? That's part of what Jesus came. When Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand, he's the king, he has authority, it's his kingdom. And you read the Gospels, I encourage you again, you can't read enough, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus said this, he healed people all the time. People came to him, they were physically paralyzed and everything. Jesus said, you know, he touched them, he had compassion on them, rise up and walk. He gave the same one to Philip. I believe it's available for us today. We're trying to recapture the whole physical healing part. There's emotional healing, all of that. There's deliverance from demonic activity. Okay? That is the kingdom of God in action. Okay? And folks, if we can walk in this, okay, you're going to get people's attention because you're going to walk in an authority and in a knowledge of Jesus and his kingdom that most people aren't aware of. Okay? And it's our presence. And Angela and I kind of joke about it a bit, but it's, it's real. You know what? We walk up by psychic fairs and all that, and we're like, they wouldn't want to come near us. We'll mess them up, okay? Because we've got the Spirit of God in us. I'm serious, okay? It's, we got the real deal. We've got prophetic words from God. We've got gifts of words of knowledge. Uh, Angela, that was a helpful thing. That Think of that army knife, that Swiss army knife. It's got the corkscrew on. It's got scissors. It's got this blade for this. All wrapped up into one. And at the right time, you've got the right tool for the job. Folks, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. And you get in a situation, you don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit can give you a word of knowledge. Sometimes I'm praying for people. I'm like, holy cow, I don't know what to do. And God will give a picture. And it's like, well, you know what? I just feel God's giving me this. And you say it, and all of a sudden people are like, that's exactly it. Well, I can't take any credit for it. It might not happen again, but that was the tool the Holy Spirit needed to give me right then. Maybe it's a prophetic word. Maybe it's a word of Scripture. It's like, man, sometimes I get these Scriptures, and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even remember reading that. And God gives me a Scripture, and it's the right word at the right time. Folks, that's Christian living. That's for every one of us. Okay? God doesn't do that because I'm a paid pastor. Okay? God does it because the Holy Spirit lives within me and I'm a Christ follower. Okay? That's the kingdom of God. Folks, if we're bringing in the kingdom of God everywhere we go, we're speaking truth, we're loving people, we're forgiving people, we're being kind to one another. Okay? We're being firm. This is what I believe. You know what? You're going to take some abuse for it. I've already got my nickname with the football team even after six weeks. Okay? They've got names for me. Everything, that's okay. But we're bringing in the kingdom of God everywhere we go. If you want to live an exciting life, 
guys, if you want to live a life, okay? James Bond isn't our model, okay? Okay, not, okay? You want to live an exciting life, okay? Be a man of God, okay, that tries to listen to the Holy Spirit. You want to be tough? Well, then share your faith with your friends, okay? See how tough you are, okay? You want an exciting adventure? You want a goal and a purpose to live for? Be a follower of Jesus Christ and say, I'm going to bring the kingdom of God everywhere I go. Okay? You want some excitement? I'll give you some excitement. Come and join me when we pray for people who are really messed up and who manifest demons, and we'll see how exciting it can get. Okay? That's worth living for. Bringing the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And Jesus is our leader. And Philip and these guys, Stephen gave his life, paid the way. And the reality is, do we want in 2011, can we follow Jesus like that? We've got different problems. We've got a world that doesn't believe in the supernatural, or if it believes in the supernatural, it's weird and wacky. We've got to bring in Jesus is the center of it all. Okay. To end, I just want to pray for us. Okay, if you're not a Christian here this morning, man, we might have really messed you up here this morning. Okay? Messing, getting messed up might lead you to getting sorted out. I pray that you listen to the things we've said today. I pray that maybe it got your attention, that Jesus maybe isn't who you thought he was, and Christianity maybe isn't what you thought it was. For some of you here this morning, this is new to you. Okay? And again, I don't want to scare you. I want to wake you up to the reality we live in a spiritual world. You've got eyes to see. You know what? When people react to you sometimes... You've got to understand that it's not just you. It's the Spirit of God in you sometimes that they're reacting to. And you've got to be aware of that and you've got to learn how to handle that. Folks, you get to be a part of the great adventure that as a church, we get to do this together. You personally get to share. We get to do it together. In your life groups, you should be praying for each other. And you should be praying for your friends. That should be just a natural thing. I have a friend who's sick. Okay, pray for them in your small group, but maybe you can do this. I, maybe you can just ask them, look, I've got a couple of friends. Can we just come and pray with you? We've been praying for you. Can we come and pray with you? That's exciting. Okay. Really, a lot of times the choice is in our court, isn't it? We can be prompted by the Holy Spirit, and we've got to be open to go. And you can listen to Gary's message last week to understand that more. All right? Let's stand. Thanks to listening to me ramble a bit, okay? All right, let's pray. And then... You can be on your way to enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Father in heaven, we want to thank you this morning that you're real. I thank you that you're our creator. I thank you that you are in control of planet Earth today and all the people on it. And we thank you for giving your son Jesus Christ who came, born of a virgin, lived, died, resurrected, ascended, lives today, interceding for us, praying for us. We thank you that you gave your Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be orphans left alone here on planet Earth, but now you live within us. And we thank you that we're now part of the kingdom of God that's ever-increasing. We thank you, Jesus, that you're king, 
that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to you, and we get to walk it out. And we thank you that now, everywhere we go, we get to bring about the kingdom of God, that we get to pray for people, we get to share, we get to preach, we get to pray for healing and deliverance, that we get to be about your work. And Father, I pray for the city of Fredericton, that as you use this church and the people here today, that we would bring great joy to the city because people are being set free. God, I pray today, Lord, for you would help us, Lord, to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, that we would see people set free from demons, that we would see people physically healed, that all of it would give a context to share about the good news of Jesus Christ. God, would you help us, Lord, to be passionate for you, to be aware of what you're doing, to be biblical in our day and in our time, as we did in Jesus' day in the book of Acts. Same gospel, same Holy Spirit, same problems in our world, same solution. Help us to be good ambassadors, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to close there. Once again, everyone, thanks for being with us. Guests, we'd love to be able to connect with you at the welcome table. There's tea and coffee available, so we'd love for you to stay and chat. And uh, we want to say happy birthday as well to Carol here in the middle. Hi, Carol, happy birthday. We'll get to celebrate Carol's birthday. Enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, we'll see you at our prayer meeting tonight. Thank you.